Hello, America. Welcome to Your Leo Nation, where we believe in the rule of law. We believe in a lot of stuff here, but everything starts with the rule of law because we are a nation of laws, not of men, not of women, but of laws. Welcome to our first show from the great and free state of Florida. My new home, our new home, my family's new home. We are so excited to be here in Florida. I uh, gave you a little bit of uh, uh, a little bit of heads up that we were leaving the once great state of California, a state that I spent my entire life in until about two weeks ago. And as of this airing uh, today, and I'll tell you right now, the the differences between these two states are so apparent in so many different ways. I I, I can't begin to tell you all of the ways. So just in a couple of weeks I've been here, it's just amazing. But I I can give you one just this anecdote about uh, the the differences. I mean, for anybody who's driving a car, who's got a driver's license, uh, yeah, a lot of people in California don't. Um, it becomes absolutely clear about how things are run from one state versus the other. So let me give you an example. So my wife, family, we get here. And of course, 30 years, California Highway Patrol, what's in my mind? Driver's licenses, registration, license plates, car insurance, all those things that need to be done right away or should be done right away. So, by the way, did I tell you? It's Mark Garrett, the chief. I don't think I did this time. I know everybody out there listening, or most of you do, except for our new listeners. Um, that's me. Um, we um, we went ahead and head, headed right over to the DMV, the, the one in Florida. And so, as a veteran uh, resident of California, driving for the last 40 seven, I'm not 47, 43 years, you know, I'm thinking the same old uh, inefficient racetrack, nobody gives a damn about uh, the customer type of experience. And we walked in and for a second, I thought I must be in the wrong place because there was nobody there, first of all. And I'm talking about people waiting. There were a couple of people. I say nobody. But took a number, sat down. About 10, 15 minutes later, we had called up, give them our California driver's license, uh, licenses, give her our, our new address. And literally, a few minutes later, we walk out of the Department of Motor Vehicles with our driver's licenses in hand. Not the temporary, not that paper crap you get in California. And then you hope a month later that your license shows up with the right information, the right date of birth, the right address, the right height on their eye color. No, they actually give you your Florida hard copy, the laminated, not even laminated, the, the actual driver's license. I mean, this is like magic to me and my wife. We couldn't believe it. It's like, what? And get this. Now, we screwed up. And the next step with getting our vehicles registered, we didn't realize that we, of course, we had auto insurance when we drove right in um, from California, but we actually had to get our our new insurance from a carrier in Florida and state it before we could get the uh, registration and the light the, the license plates here from Florida made sense. So we went and took care of that. When we came back with that information, what did we walk out with? We walked out with our new titles. You know, your pink slip that you keep in your safe or keep someplace secure. Your pink slip, our pink slip, our registration, and yes, our license plates. We walked out with all this in, in hand. You walk in with your information. You walk out. The whole thing took about 30 minutes. And I tell you that story because I know a lot of you out there have heard some goofy stuff from different groups about 
how bad Florida is for certain demographics, certain races, certain groups. In fact, one one cockamamie illegitimate civil rights group, you know, put out a warning a couple of months ago about don't go to Florida if you're black. And my God, well, I'm black. My wife's Mexican and we had less trouble there than we did. I don't know any place I can imagine related to government. And our stay here so far has just been extraordinary. And I'm looking forward to building the next chapter of my life in this great state. So with that little that little tidbit about how things run here in Florida, how efficient things are, really how simple things are compared to California, and I'm sure a lot of other states, I wanted to get into some deeper stuff. Now, before I do that, I don't want anybody to think that that, you know, I have a you know, this this uh, illusion that everything is perfect here or any state. Absolutely not. Anything could happen here. Things can go wrong. No one is perfect. No government's perfect. No party's perfect. No law enforcement agency's perfect. No society, no community. I get that. But in life, especially when you're looking out for your family, you're looking at, you're looking for what's better than where you are or or where can you go or what can you do that's better, more productive, it's safer, um, that's more meaningful. You're always looking for something better or you should be or producing something better. So that's why we ended up here. Not because any place in the world is perfect, but I'll tell you right now, this is a hell of a lot better than again, what the once great state of California has become. And let me tell you now, I'm gonna get some stuff about you know, how once great and not great anymore, California has become. And, you know, I got one of my producers on the call right now, Anthony, and and I feel bad for you and Vince. I mean, not only about your individual physical appearances, I mean, you're never going to grow out of that face, but, but also because you're still stuck in California. And, um, yeah. Oh, look at that. See? Now, people know that I'm not making this up. See? <laughs> but, you know, I was talking to you about this, um, I think, uh, what, yesterday? Well, actually, maybe last week, we were talking about my experience with the DMV and, um, and and what a difference it is. And I know you're still there. And and uh, I know you just you, you made a, a, a recent move within the state from one, one location to another. No, no, it doesn't. That's the funny thing because I've been to a lot of DMVs in California, and it's the same. It's the same thing. I'll, by the way, I'll tell you something. It's funny because the post office. Now you would think because it's the same federal post office, right? It should be the same service, the same atmosphere, the same vibes, the same problems wherever you go in the country. I'm telling you, I I don't know why or how this is but even dealing with the post office or change of address stuff it's different here there's a lady at the post office we've been in a couple of times because yes the federal government's still screwing up with change of address all that crap and so we have we had to go in a couple of times to the post office and one of the ladies there every single person in the line when they get up to the counter whether it's her or another um, person working there, she said, I'm so sorry for your wait. And I'm sorry, but I've never heard that in California. It's a different mentality. Yeah. I mean, am I wrong? No, I think we, yeah, there we go. Yeah, I know I was. I mean, yeah. You know, the thing is that that's a cultural thing. I mean, people here in the South, I mean, I'm sorry. I mean, I'm not sorry. I'm glad. The truth is there really is a different culture here. And uh, it's just, uh, I love my friends in California, of course, but the culture there is disintegrated. So, but let me talk a little bit about some of the uh, the serious and more impactful things. I'm going to give you an example. You know, one of our first guests, and Anthony, you remember, one of our first guests we had uh, last year, we started our podcast, was, was Sheriff Atkinson from Walton County Sheriff uh, here in Florida. And 
man, what an impactful show that was because it just indicated, it just illustrated the difference between uh, some law enforcement, quote unquote, leaders and others. And we talked about the website there, Walton County Sheriff's Department, and what they do to minimize crime by dealing with, quote unquote, non-serious crime right away. In other words, they don't let cancers grow here. Again, not perfect. They do. And and you were you were you were on that podcast, of course, listening to the sheriff. So I'm going to read this short article uh, to you um, about a recent uh, news story here in in Florida in the panhandle. Freeport man sentenced to 30 years for lewd and lascivious molestation on a child. Just evil in in the um, in the headline. This was posted on June 28th of 2023. Walton County, Florida, a Freeport man is sentenced to 30 years in prison after he's convicted of lewd and lascivious molestation of a child. Stephen Walter Gay, 44, was sentenced to three decades in the Florida Department of Corrections, of which 25 years will be served as a minimum mandatory sentence. Gay was convicted of lewd and lascivious molestation promoting sexual performance by a child, uh, possessing photos and motion pictures that include conduct by a child, transmission of pornography, and unlawful use of a two-way communications device to facilitate the commission of a felony. Gay was also sentenced to lifetime sex offender probation with electronic monitoring. He was ordered to pay fines and court costs and he will be registered as a sexual predator. The Walton County Sheriff's Office began an investigation after concerned citizens turned over a cell phone that appeared to contain child pornography. Walton County Sheriff's Office Special Victims Unit was able to determine that Gay was the original owner of the cell phone and secure a search warrant for his residence. Following the search warrant, he was arrested on March 10, 2022 for the crimes he perpetrated upon a child, a minor child. Gay was convicted following a joint effort from the state's state attorney's office and the Walton County Sheriff's Office. Assistant State Attorney Josh Mitchell prosecuted the case on behalf of Ginger Bowden Madden, state attorney for the First Judicial Circuit. Why do I read that to you? Are any of you out there upset or taken aback by the fact that this monster was sentenced to 30 years in prison? after molesting convicted of one child that we know, in addition to the possession and the transmission of child pornography, all those additional charges. But the core charge here was the molestation of a single minor child. And he's sentenced to 30 years, a minimum of 25 years in prison. This is what happens in Florida. And by the way, you say, well, yeah, that sounds, sounds reasonable to me. A monster like that, a 44-year-old and a minor child, right? So let me tell you how this is juxtaposed to, again, what state? The great state? No, the once great state, the no longer great state, the miserable state, the backward state, the deviant state of California. So check this out. California Globe. This is uh, July 27th of this year. California Globe is the uh, is a publication from which I read. California Assembly Democrats block bill to fight trafficking, sex trafficking of minors. Trafficked children on Figueroa Street across California will continue to be raped and victimized until Assembly Democrats take action. This is by Katie Grimes. You know, Anthony, I'm going to read this article here, but when when we hear what I just read here from Florida about how they deal with these monsters, and then we're looking at this, California Assembly Democrats block bill to fight sex trafficking of minors. It's almost like it's a... Um, well, it's absurd. It's like you made this up. It's like a bad dream. Update. 
A bill to make sex trafficking a felony once again in California was blocked Tuesday, this is a couple of weeks ago, in the Assembly Public Safety Committee by Democrats after passing unanimously in the, the Senate. Now, the reason I, I mean, the reason I, it's important that you hear it unanimously. What that means is because California is a super majority. In other words, the Democrats have so much power that the Republicans cannot effectively get any legislation through without the help help of the Democrats. They can't do anything. So what that means is that a majority of Democrats actually supported this bill to increase the penalties for child sex trafficking. So when I talk about the Democrat Party or Republican Party, I'm talking in generalities. I'm not saying every Democrat is a problem. I'm saying when it comes to law enforcement, and by the way, a lot of other things, when it comes to law enforcement, when it comes to protecting the members of our communities, our cities, our states, our nation, the Democrat Party is the problem. Not every single Democrat. I've said it before. I've had people on the show, John McKinney running for DA. I know I see it's almost every show, but there are people out there who need to hear this multiple times. I look at individual actions. I don't attribute any characteristics to an individual based on what larger group they may be, be a part of. That's what, that's what small-minded, ignorant people do. I look at people's individual values and principles and their actions. So I say, thank goodness that most of the Democrats supported this bill but guess who blocked the bill anthony do you want to take a guess who blocked the bill which party blocked the bill let me take a huge guess the democrats Ooh, man you know what you're not going to make any money in that bet but yes you are right ding 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 anthony you win so let me let me continue with this currently human trafficking is defined as a non-serious crime which means the act of human trafficking cannot be considered a strike under California's three strikes laws. Now, I will wow. say this. Yes, Wow was right that this is no longer, and hasn't been for a long time, I'll tell you about that. This has not been a strike offense for over a decade because of the Democrat Party, because the majority mm -hmm. of Democrats actually remove that classification from it. That is the Democrat Party's fault in, in California. Right. Yep. Six proposed bills in 2018-19 would have corrected unclear language and serious flaws in Proposition 57. I've talked about it before, ladies and gentlemen. Early on, when this podcast started, I talked about Prop 57. I talked about AB 109. And I'll keep reading passed in 2016 by voters, which reclassified many serious heinous crimes as non-serious. The initiative specified earlier uh, specified early parole for persons who committed nonviolent offenses. However, the initiative never specified what it considered a nonviolent felony. But all six bills were killed by Democrats. Ironically, most of the bills were killed in assembly or Senate public safety committees just as SB 14, and that's this bill that, that the Republicans introduced that's trying to reclassify this as a serious felony. Now, again, because the Democrats have a super majority in California legislation, guess who runs all of the committees? Mm -hmm. Take a guess. Anthony, you want to roll the dice again on this one? Uh, I'm going to go with the Democrats again. Oh, you are 100% <laughs> right, and you've made no money once again. Senate Bill... Senate Bill 14 by Senator Shannon Grove, Republican Bakersfield. By the way, for those of you who are not familiar with the demographics and the geography of California, Bakersfield is in the Central Valley, the San Joaquin Valley. runs from basically the north edge of Los Angeles County, Kern County, all the way up to, I guess it would be you know, through Fresno, up to kind of Stockton, I think it's the north end up there. But anyway, the Central Valley is extremely conservative. And when you look at when you look at the rural project of California, you will see 
you will see the red zones, you'll see the conservative footprints throughout those very rural areas. And the Central Valley, the San Joaquin Valley is one of those, it's the largest geographic area of conservative voters in the state. So it's not surprising that, that Shannon Groves, the Republican from Bakersfield, she represents that conservative block in that valley. Anyway, the, uh, the bill was voted down in the assembly by public safety committee with six Democrats abstaining and two Republicans voting aye. In other words, yes. That means Democrats wouldn't even commit to a no vote lest it look bad during election time. Ladies and gentlemen, this is how insidious and devious that the Democrat Party in California and elsewhere is, has become. There's not even enough courage to say no to it. Just abstain. Pass me over. And without their support, the bill can't go forward. This is the, this is the absolute pure example of no leadership and no concern for the constituents that you're supposed to serve. SB 14 would have included sex trafficking of minors in the list of crimes that are defined as serious under California law, making the crime a strike under the three strikes law and would help strengthen protections for the millions of victims of sex trafficking. I mean, I'm reading this in the absurdity. It's, it's, it's literally, well, I want to say unbelievable, but I can't say that because there, there's nothing strange out of California and other places across the country that really unbelievable anymore. Every um, time, go ahead, Anthony. My thing is I, I'm, I'm in my head thinking, why did they abstain from it? Why, why, you know, what is going through them? Like, what's the reasoning? Why wouldn't well, they want to make this a, you know, part of the street three strike law and stuff like that? Well, it's a, it's see, it's a great question, and obviously, you you must not be a, a lefty because you're thinking logically with that question. <laughs> why why would anybody why would anybody vote no to this bill or abstain from it? Why would you not want to protect children? Well, here comes boy. It's like you and, and by the way, ladies and gentlemen, Anthony doesn't see this article I'm reading right now, but it's like he already read it because here we go, and I can't wait to get into this because. It, it it almost all boils down to the same topic for the Democrat Party on, on every issue. So here's a quote. After passing the Senate with a unanimous bipartisan vote, I had hoped Democrats on the Assembly Public Safety Committee, led by Assemblyman Reggie Jones-Sawyer, Democrat Los Angeles, would agree to make sex trafficking of a minor a serious felony, Senator Grove said. I am profoundly disappointed that committee Democrats couldn't bring themselves to support the bill with their stubborn and misguided objection to any penalty increases, regardless of how heinous the crime. Can you imagine? And we're going to get into here uh, about about talk about you what we what you asked Anthony about why would anybody mm -hmm. do this. There's two articles here, and I put them back to back for a reason because they flow very well, and they cover they cover some um, overriding issues regarding how the Democrat Party thinks when it comes to law enforcement and so many other topics. Senator Groves' fact sheet on SB 14 goes into more detail. California consistently ranks number one in the nation in the number of human trafficking cases reported to the National Human Trafficking Hotline. The California Attorney General notes that California is one of the largest sites of human trafficking in the United States. I got to stop here with this fact sheet. This is absolutely true. Just think about this. Think about this. Just a few minutes ago, I read to you an article laying out the 30-year conviction for a monster. And yes, he is a monster and anybody who molests a child, sex traffics a child, is a monster, subhuman. Mm -hmm. 30 years for what he did to, that we know of, probably more, but that we know of one child. And in California, in California, the Democrats, at least for a while, are 
were blocking a bill that would just increase, enhance the penalties for someone who traffics multiple children for sexual exploitation, for rape, kidnapping, rape, uh, sex for sale, commercial sex. These people are blocking this, or at least were. I'm getting it is insane. It is insane. And just bear with me, everybody, because we're going to get to, we're going to get, now I want to say the bottom line, but we're going to get to an issue that Democrats love to go back to with everything, when they're challenged mm-hmm. with anything. And many of you know what that issue is. We're going to get into it. And I know, and I've worked with Reggie John Sawyer uh, for my time when I was a captain with the California Habitual. I like the man. We get along very well. But I'll tell you right now, I'm going to reach out to him. And I would love to have him on the show. Anybody want Bethany will come on? I doubt. And we know each other very well. He should be afraid of me, but I doubt it. I hope I'm wrong. I doubt you'll have the nerve to come on this podcast and explain to me what he and his fellow Democrats were thinking or not thinking. I agree. So, I agree. Yeah. So uh, to continue this, uh, I forgot where I left off, recognizes the serious nature of this crime and has to find it. Uh, as modern-day slavery. Human trafficking is among the world's fastest-growing criminal enterprises, and it is estimated to be a $150 billion a-year global uh, industry. It is a form of modern-day slavery that profits from the exploitation of our most vulnerable populations. Human trafficking of children is a growing tragedy that disproportionately targets minority girls. In California, it's a hotbed because of our lenient penalties, Senator Grove said after Tuesday's hearing. The sad reality is that the trafficked children on Figueroa Street, Figueroa is in downtown Los Angeles, Mm -hmm. and across California will continue to be raped and victimized until Assembly Democrats take action. Since the bill is granted reconsideration, I will continue to work with the committee and fight for Californians who are outraged by their decision. The bipartisan measure... Go ahead, Anthony. I was going to say, could I ask you to repeat the uh, how much money that uh, industry is generating? Absolutely. So this worldwide... I've got the quote here. Human trafficking is among the world's fastest growing criminal enterprises and it's estimated to be a $150 billion a year global industry. And the Democrats, yeah. Can I make a point on that? Uh Um, The airline industry is booming right now since 2020, as you can imagine. They're reporting profits as much as $10 billion. Oh, my God. And how much did you say was was – 15, 15 times that one. By the way, for those of you who went to public school in California, yeah, 15 times 10. Would I be, can't do uh, math. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tell the viewers, please. I can't do it. <laughs> I went to high school over here. Well, that's the problem. I'm surprised you learned how to breathe. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that, see, that's, that's, it's a, it's a great comparison. I think $150 billion. To... It is. 150 yeah. billion, and then look at the airlines that we're using. I mean, LAX is jam packed. Um, you look anywhere, I mean, 10 billion dollars, and that's really busy and you know, booming. Yeah, and yeah, this is 150 billion. That's insane. Yeah, and, and, and billion. You can, wow. You can imagine with California, what does it ring to kind of changes all the time, but fifth seventh eighth whatever it is largest economy in the world by itself mm-hmm. in the state something like that so you can imagine what percentage of that 150 billion dollars goes through california with this evil right. industry you can only imagine how bad it is again folks think about this walton county florida one guy one child 30 years in prison california a big part like anthony articulated a big part of the 150 billion child sex trafficking industry worldwide. And the Democrats are trying to keep this from being one of the three strike felonies. I mean, it's again, I mean, there, there are no words to describe 
the evil effect that this has on literally countless children uh, of minimizing, um, mm -hmm. minimizing the effect. So let me finish this one up here. The bipartisan measure is co-authored by 34 members of the legislature. SB 14 supported by a large coalition of human trafficking survivors, advocates, uh, local, national, and international organizations, so forth and so on. So, Anthony, you asked earlier, and I promise I'd get to it, and here we go. So, that article uh, was a couple of weeks ago, July 12th, and uh, the very next day, this article ran in Cal Matters, is the name of the publication. And this article is by uh, Nigel uh, Durara and Annabelle Sosa. It was July 14th, so two days later, July 14th it ran. California Democrats resisted a child trafficking bill until they couldn't. I'm so glad I found this article because it, because it, it works so well with the previous one. In summary, California lawmakers tried nine times to stiffen penalties for trafficking of a minor. The latest effort appeared to die until a social media campaign forced Democrats to reconsider. It was a perfunctory committee hearing on a day full of them in the legislature. The measure in question on Tuesday wasn't novel, just another in a long list of attempts to reclassify a misdemeanor as a felony. Like most attempts before it, it met a quiet and undignified end. The bill was new, but it was sought to do what was not new. I put new in there at the end. Lawmakers from both parties had made numerous previous attempts to reclassify human trafficking of a minor for purposes of a commercial sex act as a serious felony, which would be treated as a strike under California's three strikes law. In 2007, twice in 2009, 2011, 13, 17, and three times in 2021, legislators tried to, and failed to reclassify child sex trafficking. But then something strange happened after the latest effort went down. A backlash swiftly took shape on social media. Comments ranged from what on earth were these Democrats thinking to accusations that they were siding with pedophiles. And at least one Democrat member of the Assembly Public Safety Committee that quashed the bill reported receiving death threats. And let me say right now, there are two things in this paragraph here that uh, accuse the Democrats of siding with, with pedophiles. Look, I'm not going to pick on any individual and say that they are pro-pedophile, but we have got to be honest grown-ups here. And if you are blocking legislation that would more significantly significantly punish pedophiles if you're blocking that legislation well look the practical effect is is that these pedophiles are going to be more likely to commit the same crimes it's just it, two plus two equals four again unless you went to california public school then two plus two equals sunday the other part of this about this one Democrat, and we'll read more about this in a minute, uh, receiving death threats. Look, if anybody, if anybody's actually levying death threats or uh, terrorist threats, they should be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. Yeah, I completely, completely condemn anybody who's actually making death threats against anybody, including our elected officials. I don't care what they've done. That's illegal. It should be prosecuted. I want to be clear about that. But there's hypocrisy there as well, as I'll talk about in a minute. Soon the bill, which had already passed the Senate unanimously, began collecting new high-profile allies. Now, this is a doozy. Governor G Gavin Greasy Hair Newsom at a press conference expressed dismay. I put the greasy hair in there, yes. Expressed dismay at its failure, telling reporters that he'd reach out the bill's Republican author, Senator Shannon Grove of Bakersfield. Oh boy, my sh knight in shining armor, uh, uh, armor. I almost said honor. Now you talk about it. Oh my God, what a mistake. But Newsom 
Newsom is going to reach out to the Republican author of the bill. Isn't that wonderful? Look, I don't trust this person as far as I can throw him. I don't know. I'll be totally honest. I don't know what Gavin Newsom's real personal take is on the blocking of this bill, the supporting of the bill. But I'll tell you this, as I said it before, and I said it before that, and I said it before that, and I'll say it next time after that and after that and after that. This man wants to be president of the United States even more than he wants to get another case of hair gel. He wants to be president of the United States. And there are certain thresholds with California legislation, as bad as California is, as rotten as it is, and as much responsibility as this man bears in the rottenness and the decline of California, there are certain things that even he knows that are completely politically unpalatable to the general electorate electorate of this country. And my guess is that he had to step in because this was going to be an anchor around his neck if he had not stepped in and say, hey, wait a minute, wait a minute, this is a bridge too far. We gotta we 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 can't let this happen, we can't block this bill. That's my take on it. And and Anthony, you know how I feel about Newsom. Um, yeah. I don't know what your take is on it, but that's why I think that here's here's the thing. This is what happens. When you start making decisions based on politics rather than principle, because people like me who are fair minded, who are objective, get the point. So, well, I don't know why you're doing this. I don't know why you're taking this action. Is it for you or is it for the benefit of the public that you serve? Nobody knows anymore of this man. Well, um, I mean, he has a history of strong arming, too. He most certainly does. He most certainly did with the. uh... The California, the school board, um, after he threatened $1.5 million um, uh, to soothe Temecula Valley uh, School District. Have you heard about that? Absolutely. So I've heard. Yes. Doesn't surprise me. No, it, it doesn't surprise me. It, it, it doesn't surprise me that he stepped in here. And the reason yeah. it doesn't surprise me is because he's a political animal. Now, again, right. If, if you know, if I had a crystal ball, read his mind and found out he actually did it for what I consider the right reasons, the more power to him. The problem mm-hmm. is I don't trust him. So who knows anymore? So I don't I don't give this guy credit for it. By the way, I don't give anybody, I mean, that that wants to make child sex trafficking uh a felony and and right. the highest grade felony. It's like, well, no kidding. That's like saying a firefighter should put out a fire. That's your damn job. <laughs> Why well, should I be impressed yeah, exactly. with that, right? So, <laughs> yeah. So, moving on here, newly seated Assembly Speaker Robert Rivas, a, a Salinas Democrat. By the way, Salinas is also in the in the uh, the uh, Central Valley, which is a generally a Republican stronghold. Also said he was very much engaged in trying to move the bill forward. Man, I tell you. I don't know if he actually wrote those three words or if he had some uh, 20-year-old staffer who went to a public university in California, which is the same as having your brain sucked out, but also said he was very much engaged in trying to move the bill forward. See, here's another political animal. This guy is trying to sound like he's doing something and he's trying to hedge his bets with everybody mm-hmm. in the room, so to speak, and saying, saying, whoever in my party blocked this bill should be called out and should apologize to every child rape victim and their parents. And I'm going to do what I can to make sure this bill moves forward in the legislature. See, that's what a leader a leader says and that's what somebody who really believes in what they're saying actually says. Very much engaged in trying to move the bill forward. What a mealy mouth piece of anyway. So, yeah, on Thursday, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. That's proof he's just being a worm. Yeah, you know, you know what? Because exactly, he would say exactly what you said. Um, yeah. but he's relying off of perception over reality. Someone's going to read that and go, "Oh, he's trying." Right. But in reality, he could be literally saying what you exactly said and become a leader that he claims to be. But go on. Yep. 
Soon on Thursday, the Assembly Public Safety Committee took it up again. And on the second go-around, it passed. Human trafficking of a minor for purposes of commercial sex under current law incurs a sentence of up to 12 years in prison. Which is um, up to 12 years. I keep going back to that first article up I to. read. Up to 12 we years. Use that, we, we actually use that. Um, I was a salesman before. And we would use that as like a sales technique up to 50% off. When you <laughs> right. get there, it's, you know, oh, we said up to. You see the little... You know, so that's yeah. kind of weird that that's even in like a bill. It's like, look at yeah. Florida, and then look. It at means that. nothing. <laughs> yeah, up to twelve years. Yeah, you got fourteen months. Well, that was up to twelve years. Yeah, so exactly. It's yeah, very odd. It's it's very odd, and and this is what we're dealing with. And again, this is trafficking of a minor for purposes of commercial sex, yeah. up to twelve years. It's disgusting. If the crime involved force, fear, fraud, deceit, coercion, violence, duress, menace, or threat of unlawful injury to the victim or to another person, the sentence, oh my God, it goes up to a whopping 15 years to life. Oh now, my the, God. The funny thing is funny. There's something funny about this. The strange thing about this when you read if it involves fear deceit and violence and what trafficking sex trafficking of a minor doesn't involve some or all of those adjectives really right and and if it and if it gets two or three of those you may find some da and some judge that working together or whatever might get somebody 15 years um this is California, folks. If the person is convicted of inflicting great bodily harm on the victim while trafficking them, a judge can add up to 10 years to prison. Look, I'm not going to get into, into gross detail, but let me just put these two words together and you think about inflicting great bodily harm. Child rape. Someone tell me what part of that doesn't involve great bodily harm, not to mention probably irreversible psychological and emotional harm. People who are not aggressively seeking out and punishing these animals they are culpable for what's happening in california and not just in california i'm i had a pause there because i i, I read that 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 paragraph and great bodily harm when trafficking for for sex for commercial se commercial sex folks this is not a child being molested one time Commercial sex involves repetition. I'm putting these cold words to the reality that we're dealing with here. Repetition of rape. See, these are the monsters in the legislature, and they are. These are the, mo the monsters in the California legislature that don't give a damn about the words in this article and the words I'm sharing with you off the cuff right now about what the reality of this evil is. Next, if the child trafficking bill passes, the full assembly and Newsom signs it, people convicted of the crime would face longer pr uh, prison terms and potential life sentences. The 48 hours between Tuesday's original vote and Thursday's session was yet another collision of California's goals of reducing incarceration by moving away from tough-on-crime laws and the political reality of negative advertising. I don't even know what the hell that means. I know the first part <laughs> of it means. Yeah. I mean, it's... So here, and I promised you, Anthony, I knew it was a long way around, but I wanted to lay the foundation for this. Mm -hmm. More than a decade ago, then assembly member Richard Pan tried to add five new offenses related to human trafficking and the abuse of a child to the serious felony list. Oh, my bad, this may not be the area. The 2011 uh, measure 
never made it out of committee. Pan, a Democrat, again, I'm not talking about individuals, I'm talking about parties. A Democrat who was in both the Assembly and Senate said he was not sure what was different this time. Sometimes you never know what gets the attention of the public, Pan said. There are these tensions between reducing the prison population and harsher sentences. See, this is a scam right here about reducing <laughs> the 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 the, the uh, uh, prison populations. Do people really think that we can reduce a re, uh, the the prison populations? Forget about the negative impact on society. Forget about that. But we're going to reduce the the California prison population by any significant uh, 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 number by reducing the sentencing. Uh, for child sex traffickers. I mean, those are the people that we want inside there. Well, now be careful right? with the word we. <laughs> At least you and I want them in there. Uh, yeah. Exactly. We want them in there, Anthony. You and I do. I know I know Vince, uh, our other colleagues on the line, I know Vince wants them in there. I'll tell you right now, yep. I know the parents of these victims want those child sex offenders in prison. Um, but this whole thing about reducing reducing uh uh the uh prison population it is not about reducing the prison population for for that purpose it is about mm -hmm. inflicting chaos on society i know that sounds grandiose folks but if you go back and listen to i'm not sure which podcast it was but i talked about this and i talked about the decarceration movement a long time ago i know of what i speak it's documented. You can go back and find the podcast. And maybe, Anthony, you can look around. We're talking. You don't have to. But I talked about this. This whole depopulation mm -hmm. thing goes back a long time. We're getting a little bit off the topic here. But it's all tied together. It's all part of the big scam about, about undermining the civil society, about creating chaos, breaking down the rule of law. This is all part of it it's not a conspiracy thing it's all written down it's all propaganda it's all part of a playbook from the progressives and the leftists and the communists from from 50 60 80 100 years ago ladies and gentlemen it's all documented mm -hmm. i talked about it in a previous podcast some progressive lawmakers have opposed toughening penalties for sex trafficking because they were persuaded that it would contribute to the over incarceration by the way Finally, I got to it. The over-incarceration of black people and needlessly extend already significant prison sentences, costing taxpayers more money while demonstrating little public benefit. Opponents also have contended that harsher sentences may end up being applied to people at the lowest rungs of trafficking who may be trafficked themselves. This is such a bunch of gobbledygook. And I want to use harsher language. I try to keep the show pretty clean. I know I don't have to, but I try to do I know that. what you said. I know what yeah. you said in reality. <laughs> I, well, I'm yeah. thinking the same thing. You have you have the mark to uh, to profanity decoder ring, I think I gave you last last <laughs> Christmas. And but this whole thing because they were persuaded that it would contribute to the over incarceration of black people. Look. So are they are they can I ask, are they insinuating that black people are the child sex, uh, sex traffickers that we want to put away? Anthony, the answer, to your question, the answer to your question is yes. That's exactly what's going on. You're telling me that black people are more likely to engage in child sex trafficking than other ethnicities. See, this, wow. is, this, is, this is another example of the... The mentality of the left, the mentality of the Democrat Party. First of all, look, I, if that were true, I would hate that as much as I would hate it if it were true for any specific race or ethnicity. But if it is true, see, I can't help that. If a particular race engages in particular behavior and it's a violation of law, so be it. We Correct. can talk about what the underlying causes are and the psychology and the sociology and anything you want to do in relation to why that may be reality. But damn it, I'm not going to leave someone on the street 
because of their skin color any more than I'm going to put them in prison because of their skin color. Everybody has to follow the law regardless of what skin color they happen to wear, period. But like you said, having said that, these the, the people that are this article is referring to are saying that, well, black people are going to be over incarcerated. Why? Because the system is racist or because black people are actually committing these crimes at a higher rate or because you're making this crap up all the all 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 together just to empty the prisons for other purposes. I'm not sure what the reality is, but I'll tell you right now, the reality is they're not interested in public safety if they want to reduce the penalties for child sex trafficking. I'm going to keep harping on this and harping on this. And I don't mean just to mm-hmm. show, but as we go forward with future podcasts. Um, as we should. We shouldn't as we, uh, put it, you know, let off any pressure on that because the, that is very heinous. We don't want that in our society and we should never stop talking about it. Well, it doesn't get much more. I don't I see much more. I don't, I don't want can be more other than child murder, of course. And by the way, child murder, of course, is often a result of child sex trafficking. They're 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 not completely divorced from one another. They go hand in mm-hmm. hand. So, um, but it doesn't get, if at all, it doesn't get much worse than this. And if we can't protect our own ten-year-old uh, uh, children from sexual predators, we're not worth a damn as a society. There is no evidence that long-term prison, I'm sorry, long prison sentences deter or prevent crime. See, you see me right now shaking my head because, again, it's just like, it's it's madness, literally madness. People have lost their mind. There's no long-term, there's no evidence that long-term prison sentences deter or prevent crime. Are you kidding me? Let me give you a scenario (laughs) really quick. Again, if if you went to college or you especially went to college in California or even went to high school in California, sorry. Are you telling me that if you arrest a 30-year-old child rapist or rape, whatever it is, whatever the crime is, murderer, that if you put that person in prison for 25, 30, 40, 50 years or to life? Sounds too harsh. Ah, oh, you're right. Let me back up. <laughs> Are you really telling me that if you put that person in prison, 30 years old, for the next 40 years, that that's not going to have any likely positive effect on crime? In other words, you put your worst offenders, your worst criminals in prison for long sentences and that's not going to reduce crime. Ladies and gentlemen, basic information, mm-hmm. about 90% of the crime is committed by about 10% of the population, whether it's minor, it's moderate, or it's serious. About 90% of the crime is committed by about 10% of the population. So if you put a significant number of that 10% in prison for a long time, guess what? Crime is reduced. Or let me put it another way. If you arrest somebody for murder or for rape or for arson or whatever it may be, and they're out in two years, do you really think that that's going to reduce crime? Or might there be a chance that that person goes out and commits more crime? I don't think people listening, in fact, I know people listening to this podcast are brighter than that. What you need Mm -hmm. to do is you need to get your friends to listen to this podcast who don't understand that they need help. They need lots of help, but we can start here with them. Okay. See, this is, this is an insult. This is an insult to the people of California and, and, and beyond that, but specifically here in California, it's an insult for a legislator, a legislator and elected official to tell people, well, there's, there's no evidence. There's no study to show that if we increase prison sentences, that we're going to reduce crime. That's frightening. Yeah. People voted for for these people. Individual citizens voted for these people who now represent those citizens. And these people in elective office are saying that long sentences won't do a damn thing, or at least they don't have any evidence to prove they'll do a damn thing to reduce crime. That's like saying putting handcuffs on somebody won't reduce crime. It's stupid. It's ignorant. 
it's misleading, and y'all use the word, it's disinformation, or better said, it's a damn lie. If anything, low-level individuals involved in human trafficking will be prosecuted under this legislation, many of them will be prosecuted for conduct done under duress or other pressures, and they will be easily and swiftly replaced. In other words, all you're going to get are the minor traffickers who are working for the big cartels. And by the way, some of that's true. I understand that. I'm not going to deny that reality. That is true. But you don't let the low-hanging fruit go just because you can't get the oak tree. You can get to yeah. the oak tree. I know fruit doesn't come from oak tree. Okay, the acorn. Okay. Um, but you have to – you get who you can. And with this, I'm, tar I'm sorry. There is no minor trafficker. There is no low-level low participant when it comes to child, child sex trafficking. You get every one of those animals you can, including, including the leaders of these sex trafficking cartels. But new, I, I new, agree. Yeah, go ahead, Anthony. I would say there's no gradiency on, um, you know, this subject. It's it's either you're on one side or the other, and I agree. It's just it's kind of insane that we're just like, oh, the minor ones are, you know, like there should be no minor or major, really, you know. Yeah. As far as capturing these people, I agree with you 100%. Yeah. You, you know, we're, well, you said it. You said it better than I can. Um, and I skipped a little bit here. On Tuesday, I made it. This is from, well, I'll read it to you. On Tuesday, I made a bad decision. Assemblymember Liz Ortega, a Hayward Democrat. Now, by the way, talk about hotbed for lefties, Hayward. This is in the East Bay of the San Francisco Bay Area. Uh, hey, a Hayward Democrat wrote Thursday on Twitter, voting against legislation targeting really bad people who traffic children was wrong. I regret doing that, and I'm going to help this important legislation pass into law. Do you really have to second guess this? You really have to sleep on this as a legislator that, oh, you know what? That bill I blocked yesterday that would have increased the penalties for an adult who is trafficking a child for commercial sex exploitation. You know what? Now I think about it. Maybe I should have supported that bill. These are the people who are being voted into office, ladies and gentlemen, people of California. Again, not California, because people listen to this podcast across the nation. If you're in a state with representatives that think, and I use that word loosely, I put it in quotes, that think like this, you are in hella trouble. If you have to have someone go home and think about what they did the yes, uh, yesterday regarding not increasing the penalties for commercial child sex trafficking. These people are not deep. They are not principled, and they are not committed to public safety. They are committed to themselves. They are committed to politics. And this assembly member, Liz Ortega, should be ashamed of herself, but of course she's not. And she also had an empty-headed 20-year-old uh, staffer write this, voting against legislation targeting really bad Can you imagine really bad people? How bad are people that traffic children for commercial sex she goes, really bad people it sounds like a 14 year old talking well mom and dad i think that guy's a really bad person this is embarrassing right. it's shameful that they yeah and anthony i knew you wanted to chime in there no i agree with you um i think uh it's a tactic too to also use that type of language um because it kind of just doles down you know, exactly what you're talking about earlier with saying like repetition rate, you know, like these things, we need to know exactly how uncomfortable it is. We need to know exactly what we're up against. So we have the intensity to fight it. Otherwise you're just fighting bad people. Yeah. Just bad. Exactly. People. Right. You know? So I don't know. I, I might be a little conspiracy, you know, a little bit diving a little bit too deep into it, but um, you know, I feel like, these people use this type of language to kind of 
do soft manipulate manipulation you know um saying by saying bad people yeah very bad language well this is the thing this the the all of our language is being manipulated now and of course we're being told Mm -hmm. not just what what to um you know to say but we're being told what what to believe you know um it, it, it that's a whole other show but but language is being now used to tools so when you see like these things right. that this ortega lady said uh i just read about really bad people this is as inarticulate and as shallow as it comes when you're talking about a topic like this about mm-hmm. child sex trafficking all she can come with is really bad people see i use the word evil i use the word subhuman I use the terms unacceptable. I use the words that uh, that actually describe what what we're dealing with here. And all she can come up with is really bad people. These are your representatives, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, in California. It's, yep. it's, a, it's, it's a sad it's a sad day. In the end, my Democrat uh, colleagues, I think this was from uh, the author, the, the Republican author of the bill. Actually, I did back. Um, this is from Brian Jones, Republican. In the end, my Democrat colleagues in the Assembly Public Safety Committee did the right thing and passed a bill that would make sure repeat offenders of child sex trafficking are held accountable, said Senate Minority Leader Brian Jones, a San Diego, San Diego Republican. If it were not for the extraordinary pushback from figures around the state and nation, I fear the Democrats' one-party rule and some of the radical ideologies would have prevailed. Now, again, they only backtrack now the bill hasn't gone to law. It's just now going for general vote in the assembly, I, be, I believe. So it just got out of committee is what happened now, reluctantly, as far as the Democrats are concerned. But so now it's going to go. I think they're in some type of a recess right now um, in, in the, the legislature. But the, the article goes on a little bit. But I think that it, I think I've made the point here. This is what we're dealing with. And so when we talk about the rule of law, talk about law enforcement, I say it all the time, the show is about law enforcement, but see, it's not just about police officers, and I will talk about that. I have talked about that, had a number of cops on and DAs, we're gonna have a lot more of those on, things like that, but we have to get to the core of the problem in this country, and that is the attack on the rule of law and that's why i started the podcast it's because it's not police officers i mean they are that that are under attack but police officers represent the rule of law they enforce the law so they're only under attack as an ancillary uh result of the broader problem here and that's attack on the rule of law it's an attack on the civil society. It is an implementation of chaos to society. This is what the left, this is what the left's goal is, is to break down the society that those of you who are in my age range and, and even quite a bit younger are used to. Used to living in not only the freest society, in the world, but the most structured in the sense of self-responsibility and civility and living in a nation of laws, not men, that is the attack that we are witnessing now. So police officers are just, and I say just, they are the representation of the rule of law, and that's why they're being attacked on an individual level, and certainly institutional as well, you know, with, with law enforcement agencies. But when you look at this and when you are able to compare one state to another and you look at the political makeup and you look at the culture, the respective cultures of the states, the respective communities, I hope you begin to understand what we're dealing with here. There can't be, I couldn't come up with a more stark example of differences from one party to the next, how we deal with the worst members the worst elements of our society from one state to another. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, and I'll have to say, you too, 
uh, Anthony, because I don't think you really fall into either of those categories. But uh, <laughs> certainly not gentlemen. But anyway, that's deserving. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and Vince, I know you're in silent mode back there, but you too. Folks, I couldn't do this uh, podcast without uh, Anthony and Vince, and uh, they are not only great friends, but they're great colleagues, and um, and they are excited to be a part of something important, and we're doing what we can to help turn the tide against law enforcement uh, and to stem this attack on the rule of law and bring back civility to our country, to our nation. So with that said, remember, folks, Share the podcast, share this episode, share all the episodes, share our website, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Rumble, YouTube, Spotify, Apple, we're every place we're growing. I so appreciate the support. I love the comments. Go ahead and have at me because I love the controversy and I love straightening people out who need to be straightened out. Uh, don't forget, get a chance, click the button there, donate button to uh uh, the Leo Project. It's at yourleoproject.org. And uh, let's help uh, the officers who've been injured and lost their lives in line of duty. And with that, God bless you all. Anthony, Vince, thanks so much. And we will talk to you and see you again next time on Your Leo Nation. Thanks.